Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad you took the time today. We've got another big interview coming up for you, bottom of the hour. Jason Miller, he's the CEO of Getter, G-E-T-T-R. He also is a former advisor for President Trump. I don't know. I don't care. I don't know, to be honest, because you're out of line. Oh, I'm sorry. I was sending you. <laughs> I know. You're, ty- you're typing. Right. You're typing another rude message. <laughs> I did kind of start it, but, you know. I, I did. You, you like how I split the word in half? Pretty know, good, right? Yeah, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I like it. I'll right. use it. <laughs> All right. Well, well good. I'm glad that I can help you curse even better in your messages to me. It is uh, the Joe Pag Show. Lots going on, lots to get to, including this out-of-control inflation. And the it could be me, but the answer from the White House is really, really stupid on a Wednesday. If people could just see our messages to each other, it'd be really bad. Oh, I know. My God. I can't believe she tried that. Let's go. A boring song. Sleep. No. The best song in the All right, glad to have you. Carrie, what I like is that nobody sees me during the song. They only see you and you do a little bit of a chair dance. Uh-huh. Um, what do you nobody sees me. So you don't know if I'm enjoying it and chair dancing too or making a face. You have well, no clue. I, you're enjoying it and chair dancing to it. Okay. I seriously If I were making a face, I mean, it probably would switch to me during the, but I don't. Hmm. No, I might I have made a mistake you. today and said, let's go. And then I did a little bit of a chair dance during the song. I'm like, no, <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to enjoy See? this stupid song. That is awesome. It's because it's such a great song. You just have to rock to it. Got to do a little dance. So I asked you for a story. You said, what the something? <laughs> You're making me what? work. What I is said, going what? on? Yeah. I want you to something work. Then I said, something. Can you do something? Then you said, something serious. I something work, <laughs> something plenty. I know. And true. play the something song. You're out of control today. I know. I know. I apologize. And I said something the song, it's something deleted. <laughs> you said no something way. That's the best something song on the show. Really rude, Carrie. <laughs> you did, yeah. Well, I said something gone. You said no something way. I said D something leaded. <laughs> That's pretty that was quality. That was let's, really let's good. Be yeah. I will use that. <laughs> <laughs> you said something in the middle of the word? Something badass. All right, so there you go. Now, those of you who don't know what the word something is, if you've got kids in the car, don't tell them. It just means we're friendly people. All right. right. Uh, at the end of the day, the economy sucks. Nobody, even Democrats, don't want Biden to run again. You've got an approval rating that is in the toilet. Um, Kamala Harris's approval rating is is historically low, still higher than Joe Biden's. He's got to ask people in, in um, Israel where to stand when the red carpet is there for him. He yelled at a reporter, hey, Jack, you know, it's all out of control. But when you go to people like Corinne Jean-Pierre, who's the press secretary, who just lie in her face off or just doesn't know any, I don't know, I have to get back to you. I don't know, I have to get back. Carrie, you ever notice she says, I have to get back to you a lot? Oh, it's kind of like Jinsaki circle back, right? I'll How could she not know anything? How is it possible? 
I I mean, I would imagine the press secretary talks to the president, make sure you get this message out. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with that. And the does she we had ever early get on. back to them is the No, question. no, hell no. Okay. Hell no. Nope. Mm-hmm. And if, if you press her on it, hey, listen, I'm female, black, and gay. Do not press me on questions. Oh. Mm. Because yeah, you're a racist, homo-transphobe, the thing, phobe. She can call you anything, and it would apply, I guess. Mm. Probably. Now, this, this, this dweeb is the guy... <laughs> That said, it wasn't last week he said we have to keep the liberal world order in place? I believe this is the same person. This is the same the guy. Administration. So inflation is now 9.1%, yeah. which is historically astronomically high. And the real inflation, many would say, is well into the double digits. This is some watered-down inflation that they'll actually report to us. But his answer, I had to beat inflation, is going to make some faces hurt. Mm. And it's going to make them say that something worth a lot. Carrie, if you don't mind, what do you have? From The Blaze, the top Biden administration official suggested Wednesday the shocking new inflation report is evidence the government needs to spend more money. The Bureau of Labor Statistics released the updated consumer price index on Wednesday, showing a 9.1% year-over-year inflation increase. The sobering figure is worse than every expert prediction. Appearing on CNBC to spin the awful CPI report, National Economic Council Director Brian Deese called the report backward-looking and claimed it does not reflect what we've seen over the last 30 days. In fact, what the report actually indicates is the need for more spending, Deese claimed. I just want to underscore if there's one thing to take away from this report is that there's more urgency now than ever in Congress moving to pass a bill to try to build more domestic semiconductors to try to bring down the price of those goods, he said. And CNBC host Carl Quintanilla immediately pushed back, although that brings us right back to the circular argument, Brian, that more spending is not what you typically do in the face of high inflation, Quintanilla noted. How do we break out of that circle? No, look, I think you have to look at the unique situation that we're in as an economy and think about how do we build more supply? How do we increase the productive cap capacity of our economy so that we actually can supply more goods, bring prices down? Deese responded, we know the answer on semiconductors exactly. We need more supply of those goods. Deese was referring to legislation worth $52 billion that would help boost domestic semiconductor production, thus allowing American companies to better compete with China. President Joe Biden released a statement Wednesday morning downplaying the bad inflation report. Oddly, the statement celebrated that core inflation is below 6%. But Jason Furman, a top advisor in the Obama administration and Harvard professor, observed that June's core inflation figure, 5.9%, is precisely why the new report is brutal. Okay. Let's break this down. This ass wagon liberal world order guy. He said the way you beat inflation is to spend $58 billion? Uh, $52 billion. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, overestimated it. <laughs> yeah. Fake news. So $52 billion in new spending will bring down inflation. That You're going to spend your way out of inflation on a government level. See, it's not us spending the money and boosting and bolstering the economy because we're re-injecting money into the capitalistic system we have. No, this is the government taking our money that they don't even have, borrowing $52 million from somebody, probably China, and putting it into the economy that's going to help inflation. Now, the the end around he's trying to do, and I'm not an economist, I'll, I'll an economist on tomorrow or, or early next week, but 
what he's trying to say is we're going to spend $52 billion to buy more goods. Then there'll be more supply. It'll meet the demand better. Well, that's just certifiably stupid. It's dumb because right now we have these cargo ships off the coast of L.A. that still can't get in. There's a long waiting list to get in with goods that we want. Now, in a very simplistic way, inflation, when they say supply and demand, what does that mean? And again, I'm not an economist. And you want to call in and argue with this, let's go. But I understand how, how simplistic things can be that end up being pretty complicated at the end of the day. If you go to your local grocery store or your convenience store, and you look at the rack right before you check out at the cashier, there'll usually be something for sale. You know what I mean? Carry gum and Snickers oh, bars, whatever, candies. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, can, mom, can, mom, can I have this? You ever get the whole lot of that? Uh, oh, Dad, can I get this? I'm like, Absolutely. I'm like, no, that's why they put it there, to trick you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Don't be tricked by them. <laughs> so um, let's say they have Snickers bars there right before you check out. Mm. And I'm about to check out. And I'm like, damn, I like a Snickers bar. It sounds good. And they got 20 of them. Well, if they have 20 of them, there's a whole lot of supply. And I'm the only one who's looking to buy at that moment. So it might be a dollar, a dollar fifty for whatever size Snickers bar. Now you go back three or four days later and they haven't restocked the Snickers bars and there are only two left or there's one left and you and the guy behind you both are eyeballing it. Now they don't generally do this at a convenience store or a grocery store, but if you could alter your prices as per the demand for the supply you have, it'd be pretty simple to say, well, that's $3 now instead of $1.50. Well, why? It was $1.50 a few days ago. Well, I had 20 of them. These things are in high demand. They're flying off the shelves, man. Both of you want it. I'll tell you what, who's going to pay me the, mo- the, the most for it? And the guy behind me says, well, I'll give you three fifty. And I say, well, I'll go 425 And now you're seeing the price inflate because there isn't enough supply. So he's pretending, this guy, the world order doofus, he's pretending that we're going to take $52 billion out of somebody's rear end and buy a bunch more Snickers bars. And make sure you've got all that supply you need on the shelves, and that will lower inflation. And even if it did, because supply and demand would be a little better, even if it lowered it a little bit, it would not take care of how astronomically out of control it is. It would also devalue the dollar because we're borrowing money that we don't have. So we're going to be adding to the debt. That's all. It's already, and I'll ask Chip Roy about this again. It's like $100 million in just interest every hour or something stupid. It, it's completely out of control. So to alleviate, to give a feeling of alleviation of supply and demand issues, he wants to buy more goods. I think he also talked about manufacturing more goods, but since Biden's been in office, we manufacture less stuff here than when Trump was in office. So you wouldn't really be manufacturing more stuff. You would be bringing more stuff in, importing more stuff, that you already can't get into the port of L.A. because they're not driving trucks that are 2010 or newer. This is how stupid overwhelming regulations and taxes are. When you overregulate, you hurt the economy. So that was his allegation. We're going to spend $52 billion that he's not going to say where he's getting it and going to buy a bunch of more supply, forget the debt, forget the deficit, forget the devaluation of the dollar. You'll feel better because when you go to that grocery store, there'll be 20 Snickers bars instead of one. That's not going to fix anything. It's bogus. And it's stupid. And they think you're stupid. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay right here. 
This is the Joe Pag Show. I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks a lot for being here. It's the Joe Pag Show. We'll have Jason Miller at the bottom of the hour, the Getter CEO. You're not signed up for Getter, G-E-T-T-R.com, or download it at the iOS store, download it from Google Play. I am at Joe Talk Show, at Joe Talk Show. He is Jason Miller in D.C. Go and follow us over there now. He is the CEO. He's the boss. And Getter does very, very well when it comes to engagement. It works very, very well. I want you to try it out. Let me tell you about uh, the the celebration for the 4th of July and Independence Day. That continues. Eden Pure is going to give you a BOGO deal because of uh, the pride in our country. They're basing it on the 4th of July. Going to give you the independence from paying for a second Thunderstorm air purifier if you buy one. That's right. Buy one, get one free. Also, if you buy two, get two free. Buy three, get three free. Five, get five free. Ten, get ten free. It's the BOGO. It's the buy one, get one. The Thunderstorm will completely eliminate any odor, even the worst odors like pets, cigarette smoke, urine, cooking odors. Now is the time to order. Eden Pure's buy one, get one free sale ends on July 17th. They've extended it because it was going so well. Over 265,000 thunderstorms are sold. Countless five-star reviews. You know it works. People are buying several for around their home and as gifts. EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. E-D-E-N-P-U-R-E-Deals.com. Use discount code PAGSBOGO. P-A-G-S-B-O-G-O. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code PAGSBOGO. And the shipping is absolutely free. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Do you believe that the economy, the economic issues that we're having with inflation are solved by spending more money we don't have? Do you believe that? Do you believe that, that the economic issues that we're having right now aren't as bad as we live every day to see that it is? I ha- Listen, I'll admit it, the gas prices came down a little bit in my neighborhood because we're giving away, we're not giving away, we're selling off our strategic oil reserve. We kind of need that. In case we're ever under attack, I don't know what this guy's thinking, but they keep on making moves that are not truly going to solve the economic issues that are out there. They have to completely ban mandates for shots or masks, completely ban them. Let people go back to work. Don't ever send out another dime um, to reward Americans for not going back to their jobs. Look, if you're on unemployment, you, you need unemployment for a short amount of time, fine. But I'm talking about sending out, hey, here's another check. Have a good time. Here's a check. Stop doing that. Start incentivizing people bringing manufacturing back, like not raising the corporate tax, not raising the tax cuts that, that Trump put in place for all Americans. There are things you can do to make sure that you stay good when it comes to the economy. But when you shut down the Keystone XL, when you attack oil and fossil fuels constantly, when you're constantly doing the wrong thing, like begging OPEC for more oil or begging bad guys for more oil when we have it here, that doesn't make any sense. And let the supplies come into our ports. Or, as I said, entice people to manufacture here again. We should not be reliant on China for our stuff. We should not be reliant on Taiwan or even Great Britain, our friends. Should not be reliant on Canada for our stuff or Mexico. We should be able to be self-reliant and then lower prices even further and get more supply by doing business outside. I mean, we had so much oil, we were a net exporter of oil. 
under Trump. And guess what? The economy was pretty great until they shut down the economy and shut down the country. By the way, that shutdown should have been for about a couple of weeks. I'm a, I'll go right out on a, on a limb. Should have been a couple of weeks. But instead, we're sending out money we don't have. Instead, we're forcing vaccines into people's arms. It doesn't make any sense. And now it turns out not even a vaccine. It's, it's, it's a jab. It's a shot. And to listen to the medical experts, by the way, it constantly makes your body think that you're fighting COVID-19, even if you aren't. I don't think that's a good thing. So they've done so many things wrong, really ramped it up into hyper hyperspeed under Joe Biden. And the doofus, this economic guy, says, yeah, we just need to spend $52 billion. We need Congress to take action. Do you want Congress to take action? Do you? You want Congress to take action and spend $52 billion more? I don't know what the hell it would do. Probably go to green energy to plant trees in lower-income neighborhoods or something stupid. Let me go to the phone lines. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Paul, Florida, what's going on? Hi. Joe, thank you very much for taking my call. You Firstly, bet. I'd like to say that uh, your response to the call regarding a unborn fish could be a, a human fetus. I mean, just brilliant. Thank, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, secondly, I would like to say... You touched on this a little bit, but I think looking at it from a monetary policy point of view, and this is the kind of thing that uh, Ron Paul, former congressman and presidential candidate, and perhaps his son Rand, would would talk about, uh, is that if you increase the supply of money, it really depends on who that money is going to first. And if you're you're being told that we're going to increase the supply of money and then you'll get goods, that means that these goods are not being created for the lack of money. I think there's a, you know, I mean, I'm not trained in this, so I'm making kind of broad statements here. How, where do we lack money exactly? I, I don't get that. And then, yeah, maybe this money will make its way throughout the economy. But even if it does, even if everyone gets exactly the same amount of money, we're kind of in the same exact place we were already in. So what's the point of the whole exercise? And finally, I would just like to throw out there, and this is speculation on my part, but is the dollar informally linked? The dollar used to be linked to gold, and that was a fairly simple. It was too simple for the economists. Yeah. The economists don't like anything that's simple. Um, but it was... Uh, unlinked and now maybe is it linked to something like perhaps and again i'm just speculating is it linked to something like bitcoin and do we really understand the the moves of bitcoin and the and how its price moves and how that directly affects the pocketbooks of every american uh the the rich are obviously better able to diversify their assets and get a better uh idea of what's coming but i mean is is that a thing that's a great thing for the next uh congress uh, to look into, I hope Rand Paul or someone leads the yeah. charge on that. Paul, I appreciate the call. I appreciate the questions. It is not linked to Bitcoin. It is not linked to gold anymore. It used to be the gold standard. Uh, there is nothing backing our money anymore other than, hey, it's our money. And printing more money, I don't know what they think it does to benefit other than keeping interest rates low. But but printing more money, uh, quantitative easing is what they call the QE2. They call it that as well. Um, that does nothing more then devalue the money in your pocket. If you've got a $20 bill in your pocket and they print a million more $20 bills just with no backing, it means that what you have in your pocket is now worth less. And I don't know why they do that other than to artificially make economic numbers look better than they actually are. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. we come back, it'll be Jason Miller, CEO of Getter. You're going to want to find out more about this. He talks a lot about that Elon Musk, Donald Trump, and the whole Twitter deal. Keep it here. Joe Pags.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young man back. He, of course, was part of the Trump administration. He's the CEO of Getter, a great social media network. It's Jason Miller. Jason, how are you? Joe, good to be back with you. It's a pleasure to have you. What a time we're living in right now. Um, I'm wondering, just, just off the start, do you think Elon Musk ever wanted to buy Twitter, or was that some sort of a ruse to, to get uh, uh, more following? What do you think that, what that was all about? Because we talked early on when he made the offer, and, and you and I still were wondering, what's really going on here? So I do think that Elon Musk wanted to purchase Twitter to be in, in essentially take the company over. And again, as I said before, it wasn't trying to take over the failing New York Times or fake news CNN. He wanted to go and grab the global digital town hall or town yes. square and have that under his control. Keep in mind. Musk largely has an almost monopoly when it comes to the electric car market. He has an almost monopoly when it comes to the uh, commercial space uh, exploration or space delivery market. I think he also looked and said, you know what, I want to buy, have an almost monopoly or essentially uh, the utility, so to speak, purchase the utility that is Twitter. But I think that one thing we found with Musk is that he changes his mind quite a bit, changes direction very frequently. I think as he started looking at their business model, started realizing just how bad the culture was, he's like, man, I bid way too much for this and I need to find a way to get out of this deal. The CEO at Getter. Go to getter.com, G-E-T-T-R.com, or download the app. He is Jason Miller in D.C. Uh, go follow him immediately. I'm at Joe Talk Show, so uh, go and follow me as well if you don't mind. So um, if nothing else, it was very good for people like you and me who wanted to know the inner workings of Twitter because almost immediately you started seeing the, the algorithm change, the censorship change. Uh, people were saying they were, they were burning the offices down, not literally, but, but getting rid of the evidence of what they were actually doing. But the one thing that really jumps out that, that you've jumped on recently, you talked a lot about, is that there are a lot of bots there are a lot of fake accounts and a lot of a, a lot of people accounts that aren't really even people. They're not human. They're saying it's five percent. There are rumors that it's as many as fifty percent. What do you think the usership really is over at Twitter? Is a fifty percent bot? Do you think? Boy, I don't know what that number is. I'll tell you, it is larger than five percent. That I think you don't have to have a degree from MIT to figure out. Right. But Joe, as we step back here, let's uh, let's make sure we have the main takeaway that's very clear. Twitter hates us. Yes. Twitter hates people like you and me, anyone who's listening or watching your show right now, they hate people like us. Yes. They may have started at some point in the past is a, they may have had these ideals of free speech. Maybe they wanted to have some aspect of global free speech, but then they started realizing, actually, we want free speech for people who think like us. Now, what Musk has done is, is really exposed the fact of their political discrimination. He's exposed the fact about the bots, as you referenced. But also, and this is important, he exposed the fact they don't have a real growth model. In fact, Musk, this really got glossed over. He said they would need to quadruple their daily active user number to get to a point where he thought they'd truly scale from profitability. And keep in mind, a lot of their numbers that were put forward were once you after get past the uh, taxes and deductions and things like that is a little murky about how much they're actually making. But he said they'd have to quadruple that daily active user number. Uh, Joe, at this point, their reputation, which is already bad, is now in the gutter. They're not even going to be back at the daily active user total they were before, let alone quadruple it.
CEO of, uh, of Getter, you've got to stop by uh, Getter. Let me show those who are, who are watching. It's very simple, G-E-T-T-R.com. You go there, you sign up. You can do it with Google, you can do it with uh, Facebook, your Apple um, um, iPhone, your iOS device. You can also do Google Play or do it on like I'm showing you right now. I'm on Getter all the time. And I, get, I don't get virality on everything. Some do very, very well. But I get engagement on every single thing I post. Um, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I, I did a video on Elvis and the black community or Elvis and black music because this new Elvis movie is out there. I put it on Twitter and it got, I think, four shares. And I've got 100, almost 130,000 followers on Twitter. Four shares, Jason, and Elvis is one of the hottest things again right now. Over on Getter, I got a lot of people to see it, a lot of people to comment on it, a lot of people to share it. I mean, that's, that's all we expect. We're not asking you to, to jump over the moon for us, but if you invite me to your website or your app on my phone, I just wanted to do what you said it would do. That, that's not hard. No, and users need to be treated the same, whether they're on the left or they're on the right, yes. whether they don't care about politics at all. You know, uh, Joe, I laugh about it. I still have the cross posting through Getter. So when I post something on Getter, it then shows up uh, sometimes immediately. Sometimes the, the gremlins within Twitter go and slow it down, but it shows up <laughs> over on Twitter. So people know when I'm talking about the company and things like that. I will get, let's say, uh, a fairly large number of uh, engagements uh, with anything I post on Getter. Yes. Twitter, I still have, you know, almost 400,000 followers there. And no, frequently I'll have one retweet, two retweets. Isn't it nuts? And it's almost, it's almost, Joe, as if someone said, wait a minute, this is the CEO of a competitor platform. Let's make sure nobody sees his stuff. He is the CEO at Getter. Make sure you've got Getter. Getter.com, G-E-T-T-R. It's, it's actually short for Get Together. And, and I love the website. I think it's awesome. I love the app on my phone as well. What's interesting about this whole Elon Musk and Twitter thing, there is an automatic billion-dollar payoff if he doesn't buy it. But he says they breached the contract because of the number of bots. Hey, Jason, I want to explain bots to those who are watching and listening. And please correct me if you think I get it wrong. But there are people who aren't verified who have immense followings for no reason that can post anything on Twitter and almost immediately get two or three or 4,000 shares. Uh, th- two, three, 4,000 retweets or likes. Suddenly the algorithm within Twitter says, well, this is a hot tweet. We better push it out as well. And they might get 50,000 retweets from somebody who's not I- at all verified, not somebody who's a Kardashian who's very well known, but because they've got these bots in waiting that basically automatically say that person posted, we must now add to to its virality. Did I get it right? Is that what they're doing? Well, it's basically their fake accounts. Their accounts that are not attached to individual people. Uh, sometimes we've seen the um, use the name sock puppet. So maybe an individual, a bad actor, look right. can be a, a person, could be a nation state or a non-state uh, actor. They have all these accounts set up with fake profiles. Some of them might be a little more complex. Some of them might be to they try to build the identity so they can go and influence message boards and things like that. Others, like if I went and posted right now and just said it is a sunny, warm day here in New York today, then literally I'll have 50 negative comments automatically pop up on Twitter where it's saying, like, you're terrible, you're trying to destroy democracy. <laughs> and it'll be these names like Steve542510 right. with no picture. And it's very clearly, it's just some computer-generated response. So people do that for a number of reasons. One, if they want to uh, manipulate and influence the direction of the conversations, like you said, it can be a foreign actor that's in play here. But the the issue with Twitter, I don't think they know how many bots they have. That's a scary part. Now, don't get me wrong. 
Every platform is attacked by bots. Uh, the last time that we ran one of our internal searches, the estimate was about 7.4%. And I told my guys, okay, run it again next week. I want to know what the number is again, because some might be latent, some might be active. Yeah. You're constantly trying to monitor that. But you, you just have to be honest with people. People understand that all platforms under attack, especially when you stand for free speech. But Twitter being a publicly traded company, the way they're trying to say that it's 5%, I don't think anyone believes that. Jason Miller in D.C. on Twitter, on Getter, on other platforms. But Getter is really going nuts in a very, very good way, and I appreciate that. Do you think he's going to have to pay the billion, or do you think he's got a case that they are not being honest with him? Well, I'm pretty sure there'll be some aspect of a breakup fee. Uh, again, I'm not a lawyer, especially not a, a lawyer who deals with uh, failed mergers or failed acquisitions, right. especially when you're talking about the billions. What I don't see is how they'd make Musk essentially take over the company. Uh, and I, to be quite frank, I don't think Musk or Twitter at this point even wants Musk to take it over. I think they just want to try to extract a rather big payment. Here's the thing, though. Right now, in the last 24, 48 hours, you've seen the the Twitterati, the folks who are the pro-Twitter universe, really kind of get their, their guns up and say, we're going to really stick it to Elon Musk. He's going to have to give us all this money. The reason why they're so mad is because they've been exposed. This isn't so much that they're uh, legal geniuses or they think they have a slam dunk case. What Twitter does not want is to go and have discovery get opened up and be have this dragged out in the public eye. What little reputation they have left is going to tank. They just want to get a big payoff from Musk and then have, have him ride off into the sunset. Have you seen an, an incredible increase in, in uh, followings and in, in users and in, in engagement since Elon Musk made this announcement and since it started looking like it was going to be not as good a chance of him uh, acquiring it as before? I'm guessing you've gotten a ton more, more people on. Yeah, so it's been interesting to watch as news has come out over the last several months where it looked like the deal with Musk would proceed. Uh, some of our growth has slowed down as it seemed like it's starting to implode or the deal not going through, then growth would pick up. But I think a lot of people are kind of doing the – we're sitting back and waiting to see what ultimately would happen. A lot of people have already made a decision to go and leave big tech. I think a lot of people now is they're hearing and seeing this news about Twitter and the fact that they – suppress so many voices and their numbers with regard to bots are suspicious to say the least. I think a lot more people look and say, you know what, we need an alternative to big tech. And that's where Getter, I think, presents a great opportunity. Go and jump on Getter because it's just that good. Uh, Jason, if you got a quick comment, you can give me on TikTok. I'm confused about TikTok. I was dared to open a TikTok account and I did it. And in, in the matter of about three or four months, I got 100,000 followers and I was making fun of Biden and making fun of The View and everything else. Then they started suspending me a bunch and deleting my videos. So clearly it's a far left-wing website that is looking out to protect the Bidens. Like I posted something on Hunter Biden earlier this week, just showing him in some sort of a transaction for some sort of an item on a scale where he was arguing with some sort of person who does a job. And I didn't mention drugs and, and they suspended me because I was pushing drugs or something. So clearly it's, it's a very, very censorship filled website, but I get the feeling that the CCP is attempting to change our value system in this country through TikTok. I, I, am I reaching here? No, and here's the scary part is that the algorithms that they use for TikTok, they will know more about the young people of this country and how they're going to grow and progress over the next 10, 20 years than the U.S. even knows about our own people. I mean, think about it. People, they say that you have to be 13 to open up an account, but we know people start earlier. I mean, heck, my uh, daughter, when I think when she was 12, said that she was 13. Of yep. course, she just hop on the platform. Right. But they're going to know the way that they use that algorithm to create a psychographic analysis, a psychographic 
profile of you, they will know what buttons to push, what actions to take. So when it becomes this U.S. versus China conflict, they're going to know exactly how to manipulate public opinion because TikTok is owned by a company called ByteDance. And ByteDance is a Chinese company. What many people don't realize is just to do business in China, you have to completely open up to CCP surveillance, which means CCP data manipulation, acquisition, all of these things. BuzzFeed got their hands on recordings from internal TikTok meetings in China where they were admitting that actually engineers, moderators, uh, different executives in China could access American data. So a little bit of a cap obvious. We knew that was the case. Now we're hearing them admit to it. It's scary. I'm glad that FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr is telling the Apple and Google Play stores to go and remove TikTok. I don't think they're going to do it just yet, but there's also a reason why Mark Warner, Marco Rubio, Democrat and Republican want to see the FTC also investigate them. Trump tried to say you've got to either sell it to somebody who is not an owner in China or else you can't be uh, on American phones and devices anymore. It's very cut and dried. What you just said was the clearest example or clearest explanation I've ever heard on why this is a problem because people are like, oh, it's a dance app. It's not a big deal. So what? You're in a bikini. Baba, you're, you're singing songs. No, the fact is, if you do business in China, I'm just repeating you, then the Chinese government, the Communist Chinese Party, has every right to see everything, all the inner workings of, of whatever that business happens to be, anytime they want it. And I've got it sitting on my phone, Jason. They then Therefore, they can go and see whatever's on my phone, I would assume, because yeah, that, that's why they call it a Trojan horse. Exactly. And here's the thing, Joe, this isn't about when we talk about the data and what the CCP can look at. This isn't about the email address you have connected with your account. It's not about the phone number. It's not even about the credit card. Let's just assume that they already have that. They've already found a way to uh, to mirror that or lift right. it or whatever the case. So uh, we're already screwed in that re- in that regard. Yeah. But the fact is, like when I talk about my 13 year old, by the time she gets to 23, 33, say 43 and she wants to run for office or say she's a policymaker, decision maker in her own life in 10 or 20 years, they're going to know every button to push for an entire generation of young people in America who then will become the leaders in the next generation. It's scary. Follow him right now, Jason Miller in D.C. on uh, on Getter. He's the CEO of that great platform. Also on Twitter still, 400,000 plus uh, um, uh, Twitter followers. Last question, let's circle back to Elon Musk. Um, he and Donald Trump right now are having a bit of a, a, a back and forth. I was going to call it a something match, but I don't like that word very much. So um, uh, I watched the rally where Trump calls him out. Uh, Elon Musk said that he voted for me, but he told Mata Flores that she was the first Republican that he ever voted for. And I said that he wasn't going to buy Twitter, and, he, and he's a BS artist. Musk responds with, we don't need this guy anymore. We don't need the drama. He's a bull in the China shop. And I actually had a Twitter back and forth with Musk about this the other day. I responded about how great the policies were under Trump. And his response was, do we really need the drama, though? So um, there's a real back and forth happening. And then Trump posts that uh, a picture of Elon Musk standing in the White House Oval Office with him. What's the story? What's the real inner workings here? You're tight with Trump. Do they dislike each other? Do they like each other? Is this Trump fighting back when somebody attacks? What is this? Well, usually you're going to see President Trump be nice to anyone who's nice to him. I mean, that's uh, uh, that's kind of a, a rule of thumb with President Trump. And if somebody pops off or attacks President Trump, you usually will see the sharp elbows come out. Yes. I think with Musk, there was a, a key thing that happened here. Also, he started getting under the hood of Twitter. When he realized he needed to quadruple that daily active user number, he looked and saw some of the same things that I saw with our getter market research. The uppers of 20 to 25% of all Trump voters in the US 
quit social media when he was deplatformed. Right. And so he's looking, saying, OK, I need to be nice to the Trump people, say that his ban uh, was implemented unfairly, try to throw out some olive branches, try to get these people back onto Twitter. Right. I think when he realized that wasn't going to happen, then he started saying, OK, who might be the next power broker that I need to go and buddy up to? Because, again, Musk relies a lot on government subsidies for SpaceX, for Tesla, for all of his, even the boring company, everything that he does. Uh, it really requires some aspect of government funding. Yes. So anyways, he starts throwing the, the elbows at Trump. Uh, Trump starts throwing them back. Uh, anyways, now it's uh, uh, two very, very wealthy guys who are uh, throwing punches at each other. Uh, but I, I think ultimately um, President Trump's going to uh, be a lot more active going forward in the social media space, I think, than Elon Musk. What's interesting is I also know, and I know Trump personally, I've interviewed him at the White House, and uh, we, you and I actually talked to each other at his home uh, a couple of months ago. Um, what's interesting about him is he does bury the hatchet very quickly. You know, little Marco, you know, Lion Ted, you know, they, they're, they're all Trump people now. So that can happen. Do you think that they do resolve this? Oh, of course. Could well happen is especially if President Trump runs and wins in 2024, Musk will be back kissing his ass in a big, massive way and saying, hey, please, uh, Mr. President, uh, SpaceX needs more funding, needs more government contracts. We need more subsidies for Tesla. Uh, please, please, please. Uh, and, and that'll be exactly the case. What I've found with a lot of these big uh, CEOs of multinational corporations, they're going to go and kiss the ass of any politician that they think can ultimately cut them a break or give them some kind of competitive advantage on the business side. I don't see that being any different with Elon Musk. Jason, you were spot on. Jason Miller in D.C. over on Getter. If you don't have Getter yet, G-E-T-T-R.com on the web. Go get it at the iOS store. Get it in the Google Play store. It's a great app. It's a great social media site. Uh, Jason, I appreciate you coming on. Let's talk again soon. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Bag Show. Appreciate you stopping by the Joe Pag Show. Some time for pop culture. Polo's back. Polo, what's happening, dude? So, do you see this thing going on with LeBron James and his comments about uh, Brittany Griner? Yeah, you weren't here, but we covered it yesterday. Okay. What a dumb comment. Okay, so so he made those comments, but now Enos Cantor Freedom has kind of ripped him for what he said, basically saying, because I guess he's had to come back and, and walk back, whatever it was he said. And he right. says, you call it a step back, we call this a walk back. You're free to leave your, he says, you're free to leave, buddy, or you can even volunteer in exchange for her. Some people literally have no idea what it's like to live in a dictatorship. Keep taking your freedom for granted. I'm glad he went at him. Good. That's Polo. That's Carrie. That's Sam. I'm Joe. Back tomorrow. See you. This is the Joe Pegg Show.